it on the grocery store. No, I do not care if you are a doctor. Well, you are entitled to your opinion or whatever. <laughs> Hello, legions, and welcome to the What You've Been Watching podcast. I am your host, the sober, marvelous Mike Dudley. So far. So far. Joined, as always, by my co-host, cohort, and younger brother. MD3 Marcus Dudley checking in on y'all. What is going on out there in podcast land? Thank you for joining us. We are broadcasting live from the What You Been Watching studios right here in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, man, feels good. Summer's starting. Our spring is going to be here before we know it. That's right. You know what I'm saying? It's going uh, to be good times coming out of this dreary Dreary twenty start of a twenty twenty three. We'll get there though. How are you though, man? Been doing good, man. Work's really slowed down, so we're uh, we're kind of feeling the crunch on that. Other than that, I've just been trying to catch up on all my movie watching. Been trying to do a little bit of writing here and there. That's good. That yeah, yeah, makes yeah. my day to year, bro. Yeah, trying to get uh, you know slow start. You know, five minutes here, fifteen minutes there, but you know, trying to just put words down as often as I can. So maybe not every day, but as often as I can. I love it. That fucking brightens my day to hear, brother. You have no idea. Um, yeah, man. Well, that's good to hear. Shit, that kind of took me back. My man's out here pursuing his hopes and dreams, at least trying to do something. <laughs> man, that's good though. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been pretty good myself, man. I've learned. Uh, I'm tired of. I wish I wasn't so nice sometimes. And I don't. I know it's like shitty of you to call your own self nice, but like I think it's a pretty fair ass- assessment of me. I just don't like mean people. Just people that are dicks really. Rub me the wrong way, man. Well, if it's any consolation, I think you're a dick. So. That's fair. To you, I am. <laughs> but that's why I fucks with you so heavy. Oh, man. Anyways, so um, we can just dive right into it. We got some big stuff coming up. Before we do that, though, let's go ahead and get our plugs out of the way. Oh, yes, sir. Kesta. Shout out to it Kesta. It is indeed always bright, especially right here when you're tuning into the Whatcha Been Watching podcast. Goddamn right, son. Um, you can email us at Whatcha Been Watching podcast at gmail.com or they can find us on Facebook. Where at, my brother? At facebook.com slash Dudley Bros Podcast. We really love to enunciate the initial <laughs> plugs. Uh, big shit. Just look for the colorful banner. You can search for us uh, or watch, search for what you've been watching anywhere on the web. Um, you know, look for the colorful banner by MK Dudley Art. That is right. That is indeed right. We're a little rusty, but we'll get there. We got we got through our plugs. Sorry. We'll 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 fix it in post. Yeah, we'll fix everything <laughs> in post. Yeah, it's a BoJack reference. Um, well, cool, man. Well, let's just dive right into it. The million dollar question. The reason these fine, fine, fine legions tune in. Month in, week out, whenever it is, as often as possible. What what you been watching, my brother? Uh, just sat down and watched the Tom Cruise classic, Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow. Not Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow. Live, Die, Repeat, a.k.a. Uh, Tom Cruise has his Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would you think about it? Emily Blunt's in it as well? Emily Blunt's in it. Uh, uh... Yeah, and Bill Paxton, a couple other uh, famous people, Brandon Gleason. Uh, anyway, uh, it's fun. It's it's again with any time travel movie. The second you start pulling on the threads of how it works and like why don't you just do this, then the whole movie falls apart. Um, but essentially, the the plot line is Tom Cruise is caught up in an alien invasion, and during the day of the biggest invasion in humankind hist- uh, humankind's history he inadvertently kills an alien and gets the blood on him and dies and then he's cursed to every time he dies he has to relive the day over and over and over and over again so it's it's basically like going back to the to the save point of that day 
every single day, every single time he dies. And of course, he constantly becomes a better warrior and, and has to learn how to like get his message out day by day. You know, he, he just makes it a little bit further each time. Uh, meets up with Emily Blunt, who had the same thing happen to her, and then she lost it. Uh, so she's sort of the Obi-Wan Kenobi guiding him on this, you know, force or journey of, of discovery about his powers and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's fun. Again, it's, it's this, the second you start tugging at the strings and really investigating it, it loses a lot, but it's fun. And Tom Cruise is absolutely delightful in it. You know, he's doing his best, doing all his stunt work. Uh, it's weird. Critically, that movie, some people, like, love that fucking movie. Yeah. Like, there's some, like, critics, like, if, like, you can Google it yourself. Some people love that fucking movie. They're like, it's one of the best sci-fi action movies of all time, whatever, whatever. I don't know. I've only seen half of it. I remember I caught the last half when I was, or the first half of it when I was donating plasma ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was cool. Like, I enjoyed it. But I guess if I've seen the first half, then I've also seen probably a lot of the second half, too. I don't, it, I don't know the conclusion, so don't spoil it for me. But Right, right. Or you can, whatever. I'll watch it when I watch it. But some people love that fucking movie. Um, it, of what I did see, it was pretty well put together, and some of the action scenes were pretty badass. Like the more, even like some of his blunders of like I remember him like falling out of a uh, drop ship or something like that. Right. Like I remember at one point the like, camera was spinning and he's mowing down some of these creatures with the dual machine guns. It was like that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So what do you rate it? Uh, I'm going to give it. Uh... 300 deaths in a row. It's a fair amount of deaths. It's a fair amount of deaths. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. But that's a lot of deaths. Yeah, and it's Tommy Cruise. I like Emily Blunt a lot, too. I mean, she she's crazy phenomenal. talented, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's very much like an anime character in this. She, she One of her weapons that she carries is uh, this old like helicopter rotor that she turned into like this big ass buster sword, big ass buster sword. Uh, and so she's, you know, flipping around and doing, you know, like ninja style moves and ballet twirls and just cutting aliens in half with this giant helicopter rotor. So it's, it's pretty dope. Yeah. That one movie was a smash overseas. I think yeah, China, like China had like a huge market for it. Yeah. That's, they named that's where it, they made their money. Yeah. And they named it something much more appropriate there because Edge of Tomorrow is a pretty dumb name, personally, but they called it actually, you see it on the poster everywhere, it's Live, Die, Repeat. The, the tagline was yeah, Live, Live, Die, Die Repeat. Repeat. And that's a much better title for a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so I don't know, that's just my personal opinion, but yeah. Um, what else have you been watching? I do. I know you've been watching. Well, you say you've been studying up on your movies. So uh, Let's see. Just finished up the, finally finished up Battlestar Galactica series. Oh, yeah? yeah. Finally, much after much... Uh, Deliberation, yeah, 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 you know, just kind of plugging away at it. I, I gotta say, I, I'm still a big fan of the series. It it really does do a good job of touching on like each individual, and, and it's a huge cast, but they do a good job of dedicating time and effort to each individual character and letting them, you know, letting the, the audience get to grow with them and understand their motivations. And you know, sometimes they go by the wayside so that they can concentrate on other characters in the series, but then they always come back and give you a little bit more information, a little bit more development. Um, so it, it, the whole series is a really, really good uh, character study and it especially speaks a lot about interpersonal relationships and sort of how that extends from like, your friendships also affect your personal beliefs, which also affects your politics, which also affects the fleet, which also affects the war. So, like, sort of the spiraling outward of humanity. I get it. Um, 
Now, granted, it's also coupled with really, really cheesy, like, late 90s special effects. So it's very obvious that a, a lot of the Cylons and, and computer-generated images are, like, they, they stand out and it's, it's, it's kind of cheesy looking, you know? But uh, I, I don't think anybody's watching that for the special effects. Yeah, it's one of those things you can put it by the wayside as long as it's just like, all right, it's believable enough. Right, it gets right. the point across of what we're trying right. to do. Right, it doesn't look so bad that it's ridiculous, but you can definitely tell. Like, it's not Jurassic Park level of like, how did they do that? Right, right. Yeah, where do you rank uh, this world in the pantheon of like the Star Treks, Star Wars? Um, where, do you, where do you rank this at? In terms of what do you mean, like, like watch, it, watchability, or yeah, would like, I want to live there? No, or? no, no. I, I guess um, you know, there's always the big Star Trek, Star Wars. Which, like, where do you rank it amongst those? If you had to put it, like your Fireflies, your Star Trek, Star Wars, Battlestar, uh, what's another one? Um, um, Stargates. Stargates. <laughs> no. I mean, obviously, Stargates. Stargate going, is number one. Stargates going number one. Yeah. No, I'm trying uh, to think. I can't think of another one, but I'm I'm sure only because I'm thinking about it. I'm sure there's one. The looking, arc. Uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Where do you rank it amongst those? Is it? If you had to put it in the pecking order, the the BSG universe. I mean, let's see. I, I mean, obviously, Star Wars is probably my favorite sci-fi fantasy, but. Would I want to live there? Probably not. I'd probably want to live in Star Trek universe because, you know, creating a, a perfect utopia where everybody's free to pursue their hopes and dreams and everybody lives without want. That's that's pretty dope. I could, I could get along with that. Uh, I would not want to live in the Battlestar Galactic universe because the human population is constantly dwindling and my chances of survival are not that great. Um, I'm not particularly good at a lot of things. So, uh, I... <laughs> it's like the job interview with Step Brothers. He's like, "We're going to tell you about some of our bugaboos." He's like, "I am no good before eleven o'clock. <laughs> I can't be in a room with too many computers on because it gives me a headache. I take things." He's like, <laughs> he says, "He's like, we're not good. He's like, we're not good listeners. We're incredibly slow learners, and we're not good listeners." <laughs> He's like, "Those are all going to be." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Incredibly detrimental to your time here. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's just the way you said, like, I don't have any skills. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, so as far as contributions, you know, in, in a society where, like, you contribute or you die, I'm, I'm fucked. There's, not you know, good. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, good. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a jack of many, many trades and a master of absolutely none. Uh, I feel you. <laughs> So you're not a jack of any trade right, in terms right. of, of space survival. Um, so I get that. But um, I was my question more was like, I guess, if you had to give it the, the tier list, as it were. Like, you know, I'd say you said you like Star Wars the best, then Trek. Like, where would you put this one? Uh, let's see. Probably Star Wars, Star Trek, um, maybe Firefly, depending on what world I'm on. Uh, and then Battlestar Galactica. Uh, it's probably a solid fourth or fifth, maybe tied with um, Buckaroo Bonsai. Yeah, Duck Dodgers. <laughs> Duck Dodgers of the 21st That's and a right. half Buck, century. Buck Rogers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I like the Daffy Duck version better. <laughs> By the way, underrated performance of the week goes to Daffy Duck. He is fucking crazy underrated. Like, he's no one's favorite, you know, of the Looney Tunes. But go back and watch some of my favorite Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies. 
Or Daffy Duck ones. Oh, 100%. Like, he's fucking criminally underrated, so Daffy well, Duck... Well, I mean, of course you had Bugs Bunny with, like, the barber hair of Seville and, like, yes, what's Opera yes. Doc, like those. But then you have, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Duck, he was, uh, he was Robin Hood or... No, or, my, one of my favorite ones is when he was Duck Tracy. Duck Tracy, Duck yeah. Tracy was an incredible, incredible cartoon. Yeah, it was like, one of those literary ones where they just ran through a bunch of puns. Yeah, no, it was. they were making fun of Dick Tracy, and he was like, I'll rub you out, yeah, rub yeah, you out, yeah, eraser head. head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 The Big Bad Wolf and the Zoop was a Yeah, fucking Daffy Duck, criminally underrated. Nothing would be sweet. Exactly. Apparently, in the morning. Anyways, what you said. Go do your research. If you don't know what we're talking about, go watch stuff. That was a tangent. Yoits! And away! Wamp! Classic Daffy Duck. Yeah, he said uh, Buck Rogers, so it made me think of Duck Dodgers. That's how we got on that tangent. But um, no, that's cool, man. I uh, I've heard really good things in, in kind of the same sphere as it were of the Orville. I've actually yeah. heard it's a really good sci-fi show, and some people have heard whisperings of like, just give the Star Trek universe to Seth MacFarlane. Like, obviously, he gives. He cares about that shit deeply. Well, yeah, he was a huge fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, apparently it's kind of... I, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but it's kind of pivoted. Like, it's still very much so space adventure. But it's, um like, not quite as comedic. Like, everyone's surprised by the drama, I guess. Mm. Or, or maybe it's not that it's not comedic, but I don't think people were expecting it to be as dramatic as it was. But apparently sure. it's a really good show, though. So, write into us and let us know what you've been watching <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> So finally wrapped up the Battlestar Galactica, and you'll probably revisit it in another 15 years. Yes, yes, so. yes. Uh, I will give it a rating of 12 unknown Cylons. Who's a Cylon? Watch and find out. Yeah. What's it, go frack yourself? Yeah, go frack yourself. Yeah. I love how, and they, like, they turn it actually into a curse word that the more you watch it, the more like it sinks in your head and like... You're totally willing to just forgive it, even though they're totally just getting away with saying the word fuck without saying the word fuck. Yep. It's beautiful. Hey, man. What works for you? You find a loophole, exploit that shit. <laughs> uh, what else has been going on, man? Let's see. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, we did... Ooh. Finally saw the David Harbour joint, Violent Night. Oh, shit. How was that? It was great, dude. I heard it's very violent. That it, it lives is up extreme. To it. It's... it's a lot more, let's see, how do I put this? It's less like Saw and Hostile Gory and a little bit more Shaw Brothers or... Or just like Evil Dead. Kind Evil of Dead, like, yeah. Where it's yeah. like people getting their heads blown off and shit. Right, but, but, but like, in, in like campy gory yeah, fashion yeah. rather than like horror porn kind of fashion. Uh, yeah. Which I'm fine with. Like, yeah, personally. David Harbour's great. They have a whole like surprise origin story of Santa that explains why he's a badass. Like in the middle of the movie. Oh yeah, it's pretty dope. Please don't tell me, but I No, no, no. I don't want to reveal it, but it's pretty fucking awesome. Like there's a reason why he picks up a sledgehammer and he's like, I know what to do with this. (laughs) Oh, Chris Kringle backstory. Oh, it's great. It's great. And Johnny Legs. Johnny Johnny Legs as as the consummate villain. Uh his final scene is definitely a memorable one. It's pretty fun. Uh his motivation, he has this whole uh, monologue where he explains why he hates Christmas. Uh, like, so essentially, he's the Grinch, kind of in a way. Actually, his code name through the entire movie is Mister Scrooge. Oh, really? Yeah, like his whole crew—they all have different nicknames. There's like 
crispy and Kringle and candy cane and Krampus and he's Mr. Scrooge. That's hilarious. So they uh, reservoir dogs it, but just exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so basic funny. plot line is uh, John Leguizamo uh, sneaks into a or basically like shoots his way into a mansion of this super elite family. They're like the Rockefellers or the Trumps right, or right. something like that. Um, where allegedly they have $300 million in cash stashed in a, in a safe. And so it's basically like Die Hard meets, uh, meets Home Alone, meets, I don't know, every Christmas movie you've ever seen because all the tropes and like stupid tired cliches are there but like, like it's christmas magic and it's exactly. a christmas miracle he literally santa claus literally explains how he does what he does by like it's christmas magic even i don't understand yeah. it. <laughs> awesome <laughs> it's like i don't know how it works sometimes fuck yeah <laughs> I, dude I'm, I'm fine with the nod and the wink to the camera i'm just like look oh yeah it's, it's christmas like, the, the movie absolutely knows where it's at and doesn't try to lean too hard into it like it doesn't lean too hard into the camp and it doesn't lean too hard into the violence it's it really is a perfect blend of both like yeah. it takes itself just seriously enough to you know make sense once you're willing to accept that santa claus is murdering people but like I personally love a movie that knows what it is, like that movie, very similar vein, Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk. I don't know if you saw it or not. I have not. I have not. It's like 90 minutes. You're in, you're out. It's like, it knows exactly what it is, and you're like, oh, that was fucking awesome. And you're sure. like, hey, yeah, like, it sounds like Violent Nights, kind of like that. If just very like, much. Very much. Like, shit, yeah, it was worth 90 minutes, you know, fuck yeah. Like, it knows that it's a B movie, but it's trying to be the best B movie yeah. that it can. I like the fact that, because we've talked about it plenty of times, where I, like, I, I hope I don't ever come across as like anti-gore on film. It's just, I just don't, like you said, describe it as horror porn or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't fuck with that. You know, if it's gory just to be gory, but like if I know what I'm getting into and it's like, dude, we're going to be blowing zombies up by the as many as we possibly sure, can. It's sure. like, bring it on, bring on the guts, bring on the right, brains, right. bring on everything. I mean, to be fair, like, this is probably just as gory as Saving Private Ryan, but I would much rather watch this type of gore right. than Saving Private Ryan gore because, you know, there's a little bit too much realism in that. I mean, this is... They're de- every death, they're going for comedic effect. You yeah. Know? Like, it's, you know... He, without giving too much weight, he, he makes a shank out of a candy cane by sucking it down. Like, like you do as a kid, you suck it down to that really yeah, yeah, sharp-ass yeah. point and then you always cut your tongue on it and shit. Yeah. Like, he, he fashions a shank out of a fucking candy cane and uses it to dispatch a couple of people. I think they did that on American Dad years ago, but still. Whatever. Either it works, way. it works. Who cares? Right. Yeah. That's pretty fucking funny, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So what would you rate it, man? Oh, man. Actually, wait. Before I do that, how is the action in it, though? Like, is it is it actually, like, well core? Is it choppy or anything? Because that's one thing I can't stand for. Give me an action movie. Let me at least see some of the action. Yeah, it, it's choppy in terms of, like, if people are swinging punches and stuff, it's very, like, chop, 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 chop. But any time that there's an impact or, like, he stabs somebody or, or smashes their head against the wall, they let you see that. Okay. So it's, it's choppy in the sense of they're definitely hiding the fact that nobody in this movie can fight. Right. <laughs> but, but they're definitely, like, the choreography is still there. And right. it's, it's still visually interesting to watch. But they're definitely more focused on the deaths rather than the the action sequences. Sign me up. I'm with yeah, it. You, you yeah, sold yeah. it. You sold it. So, all right. Now, what would you rate it? Uh, I'm going to grant it one sackful of 
children's dreams. A sack full of. See, I see what you did there. You rated it a one, which we sometimes do too much, but then it was a sack full of things. A nice work around there, sir. Well done. Well done. The research has been done, sir. Y'all really, if you're not in tune with the rating system by now, you're not going to get it. You know, it's just look. I think most of you are on page now. You understand, you know, like nine chicken heads might be worth 400 lightsabers. You know what I'm saying? You'll figure it out one day. What's 1.21 gigawatts converted into three razor claws? How does that work out? What's the what's the conversion there? Exactly, you'll figure it out. Let me know. That's your that's your that's your homework down there. We went from Spanish doubloons to uh, Bitcoin. How does that work yeah, out? Pretty much <laughs> both useless. <laughs> uh, anyways, oh man. So what else have you been watching? I know I know one we're we're dancing around an issue that we both saw together, but um, I think I have in my notes here a certain Brendan Fraser movie. Oh yeah, the Mummy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honest That's confession, right. never seen the Mummy. Oh, I, I've seen the you third are missing one. It. I've you seen the Jet Li third one, and I was just like, "Of course, you saw the Jet Li third one. Again, I think it was on when I was donating plasma. I did it quite a lot, <laughs> Two, as, as many times as I could a week for quite some time there. <laughs> and the movies got really thin by the end. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I know I've seen definitely parts of the first one, but not enough to to merit myself calling seeing it. So, I mean. In the best way possible, it's a 90s version of Indiana Jones. It's, it's, it's a little bit more kitschy, a little bit more campy. Um, I think that Indiana Jones might be skewed a, just ever so slightly more adult than, than The Mummy. But essentially, they same all have feel. same feel, same beats. You know, it, it, It's comedy mixed with action, mixed with just a little bit of romance. It, it, it's very much like, like the, the 1940 serials with, you know... Uh, you know, Dick Dat, not Dick Dastardly, like uh, whatever his name is, like the high swinging adventures of, of I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha. you, know, Norman the Rock status. I don't know. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. No, like the opening of Up, whoever that. Yeah, like yes. adventure yeah. is out there. Adventure is yeah. out there. Right. I, I got. I knew what you were going for. Yeah, you, you pitched it well enough. You took uh, me to ASN. <laughs> so yeah, it's very much in that vein in terms of of action series or, or you know action serial. Um, admittedly, again, the CGI is not great even I, for the time. Oh, it like can't be as bad. The one thing I did see, I know the spinoff, the Scorpion King. Oh my got god, railed for his CGI. Oh my god, dude! And they, they brought in the Rock and then made him look like a million and a half dollars worth of shit. <laughs> like the CG was so bad. Like, yeah, it's one. And again, this is yes. a post Jurassic Park world. So if the CGI is gonna be the focus of your movie. You really need to invest in the CGI. Like it's worth it. That's worth your while. Yeah. But anyways, back to the Mummy one that we're talking about. It. Right. Spin off anyway, the score. The Mummy's great. Brandon Fraser is absolutely charming. Rachel Vice is an Oscar winner. I mean, an Oscar winner and beautiful. She definitely does play a little bit too much into the like manic pixie chick of the '90s in terms of like, I'm dedicated and I'm smart, but I just do things. I'm unpredictable, which is kind of annoying and. Whatever, but uh, does she yeah. damsel in distress it too much? Yes, but but again, I, I think that especially for what they're trying to do in terms of, like I said, the the, the 1940s serial and the action adventure, like that's one of the things that needs to happen is eventually one of the 
the damsel gets captured and it's up to the hero to go rescue her. Like it, it, it's, it, you know, it, it always happened to Tess in the Dick Tracy comics. It was always, uh, was the princess and Prince Valiant. I can't even think of her. I, I got what you though. But, yeah, but yeah. eventually at some point, the hero has to go storm the castle. Yeah, I just know there was a bad phase in like, and they, they've since rectified it. Some would argue way too much with like, oh, female empowerment, which we've talked about before. I'll never not see something for a strong female lead. Just give me a good movie. But I know there was a lot of movies back in that time that were notorious for just like, I don't mean it's disrespectful, but like the women in it being just fucking useless. Just like, you know, you could have wrapped this adventure up like 10 hours ago if she wasn't here. Right. Right? And they're there just to be there. And they, it's like... They do it definitely. There's there's parts of that, but I think in the end, her her point is justified for being there because she's basically like, you, you remember in Galaxy Quest where like Sigourney Weaver was like, my only job here is to talk to the ship. Yeah, she's very much that. Like she's the only one that's the expert in this ancient Egyptian language, and so every time there's hieroglyphics, they're like, well, give it to the woman. Yeah. Okay. No, Which, I know- so not to say that like. She didn't belong there, but like you could have gotten any other ancient hieroglyphics expert to come along with you, and it would serve the exact same purpose. Right. And right. so she literally was only there to be the eventual love interest for the Brendan Fraser character, and to be captured. Like, but again, that's sort of the trope. That's sort of like I, I what get happens. it. Because I, I, I the only reason I ask is because I know by the third movie that I saw, she was kicking a little more ass. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't know if it started one way. You know, I just know a lot of movies during that time were very guilty of that. And, you know. Certainly, it's cleaned up a little bit, probably for the best. Um, my next question to you is, and this is this is to you at home as well, or wherever in your car, wherever the fuck you're at. How did we not appreciate Brendan Fraser back then? I, good question. I don't like what the Encino fuck? Man, George of the Jungle, Dudley Do Right. Uh, He's uh, the 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 what was it the the not the Legend of Donnie Darko the <laughs> the Legend of Don. <laughs> no, 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 but where he played a like a super religious psycho killer. Oh, I can't think oh, of the name know. of this. Oh, I know he was in a blast of the past with Alicia Blast of the past. There you go. He was just so likable, man. Yeah. And I'll tell you this much: like, I know he kind of did like a lot of kids' movies and stuff, like Post George in the Jungle, this stuff like that. But like, my daughter, uh, growing up, it, like we watched a lot of his movies, yeah. and he was top shelf hilarious. And he commits <laughs> to the slapstick. So Brendan Fraser, we're I'll speak for everybody here. Like I know you listen to what you've been watching because. You're a person, and you're alive during this time. The Legend of Darkly Noonan. I just thought of the name. There he goes. He was, that was going to fuck with him. Good job. Sorry, I'm proud go of you. I'm proud, no, I'm proud of you. We didn't Google that at all. That was in real time. Y'all heard. If y'all could hear, go ahead and hear the wheel. There, the wheels were spinning back then. Um, but no, we, Brennan. I'm sorry. That's all I'm going to say for yeah, all of us. Yeah. We're, we're really, really sorry, and I'm sorry that fucking Hollywood blackballed you or blacklisted you or whatever it is you want to call them. You are nominated for an Oscar for The Whale, and I think we all are rooting for you for two reasons. One, you're Brendan Fraser, and two, of of all the things that everything, everywhere, all at once is nominated, they don't have one for Best Actor, so I can root for you unapologetically, (laughs) because I hope that other movie sweeps every other fucking category. So, I can root for you unapologetically, which I would anyways, but... um, but yeah, shout out to Brendan Fraser. Yeah, like, you. I'm, we did not appreciate him. This back is in a high, this is high esteem. You are going up there with somebody. You're, we're giving out two today. Two underrated performances, of, and you're going up there with the legendary Daffy Duck. So this is shout out. This is high praise. So Brendan I'm, Fraser. I'm sure Brendan Fraser loves that we put him and Daffy Duck in the same dude, the same I caliber. <laughs> Daffy Duck is a legend of the of, of the game, man. 
Fucking Bill Murray's a B-lister compared to Jackie <laughs> Dalton, man. You know what I'm saying? You got your... He made Michael Jordan a good actor. <laughs> Fucking, I'd be honored to be mentioned in the same name as Daffy Duck. Fuck you mean. Would you swap logs with Daffy, Daffy Duck? Shout out to Craig Ferguson. <laughs> but, no, that's that's the highest. So, Brendan Fraser, we're all sorry. So, yes. Welcome back to Hollywood, buddy. Not that you went anywhere, but hey. Right, right, right. I'm glad, I'm Always glad around. that you've become... Whatever that we all learned the error of our ways and was like, this guy fucking rules. Like, what did he ever do wrong? He was like the nice guy yeah. in every fucking yeah. movie. By all like by all accounts, everybody was like, Brendan Fraser was really cool to me. Yeah, and it's like even then, like as movie goes, like you know he he kind of like did some kids movies and stuff. It's like, fine. He had a role to play. It was Journey to the Center of the Earth. He was fine in it. That's like, fine. He was adventurous. Like what, the, what was what was the matter with us back I mean, then? So like, did that? Ernest, but we love Ernest. We love Ernest exactly. So we're sorry, Brendan Fraser. What would you rate the Mummy though, my brother? Oh man, I'm going to give it. Uh, let's see, twelve Egyptian curses. Twelve curses. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I know there's a lot of people out there that absolutely love the Mummy, and they're like, "Oh, bring it back exactly how it was. Bring back." Matthew Dudley is not one of them. Yeah, he. I couldn't remember if he loved it or hated it, but yeah, he hates it. He is it. not a fan. He thinks it's like pure kitsch and doesn't understand like. His whole thing is like, it's just too much nostalgia and people just like, people think that they like the movie, but they actually don't. I'm like, no, people can just like the movie. It's cool. And that's also kind of how nostalgia works. Right. Pokemon Red and Blue, I'm going to say something quote unquote controversial. Don't do it. The, The concept of Pokemon is absolutely brilliant and it was introduced in Red and Blue, but like as games wise, go back and play them now as I'm currently doing. Don't hold up as well as you think, but because you're like, you take yourself back to a kid, you're like, oh, I remember catching this the first time. Like, there's better, in terms of just gameplay, there's better Pokemon games out there, but those are still my fucking favorite, because hey, so yeah, even if it is, like, yeah, that's how it works, dude. Like, I'm so glad when you when you said you were going to say something controversial, I thought it was going to be the N-word, and I'm really glad no, that it was Pokemon. No, no. <laughs> uh, in fact, nincompoop should be banned from the dictionary. Uh, anyways. Um... Well, that's cool, man. It sounds like you have been catching up on some stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to, man. Trying to. Uh, got a few other things in the works, so I think I'm going to try and rewatch all of BoJack Horseman so that I can finish it before you do. And you get probably will. About it. <laughs> I, I watched it last night. Well, I guess to segue into what I've been watching, I watched a little bit of that last night, but I'll get there. Don't worry. I'll let you know when I do. We'll do a full BoJack dive. I, I can't I've, wait. I've seen everything up to the last six episodes probably... Non-exaggerating, um, I'm probably, uh, on season one probably a hundred times. But, really? Oh, season one I'm fucking like... No bullshit. Yeah, yeah. The wow. other, there's certain episodes also... But then again, you fall asleep to that in, like in the background. Yeah, it's on all the time. Yeah. It's like The Office. I know a lot about The Office just because was, I was around it constantly. But yeah, season one I've seen a lot, but yeah. Um, but the other, ep- others, I've seen them pro- each of them dozens of times, I would say, in the, in the dozens, so... Um, but yeah, no, I've been on that. I've been back on South Park. I think nice. I'm, I'm going to make a list one day. I think I might. I know lists are kind of played out, but hey, they get clicks, even though we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to a YouTube channel. Yeah, you. soon, actually, hopefully. Um, I'm going to lock in on my top 10 episodes of South Park. Sure. I can tell you, I think the music in South Park, I think Matt Stone and Trey Parker, I know Trey does a lot of it and they get some help for the movies and stuff like that. Mm. But like some of the songs are so fucking good. Yeah. Like, but one of my favorite just all-around episodes, it's on, um, again, I've mentioned in the past, because we were just talking about this, uh, season seven is really, really strong. 
and they have Faith Plus One on there. And the whole concept of it is like they on the mini DVD commentaries, which yes, I've seen those. Um, they talk about how they thought it was hilarious that they were going to do a, they were going to do an entire album of Christian music about them being in love with Jesus. And they're like, love Jesus, in love with Jesus. What's the difference? But I watched that Angie. It was on the other uh, like the other day, and Angie was like, "Is this the Jesus one again?" I was like, "Yes." I don't even notice because they're only twenty two minutes. I put it on like season three, and before I know it, I'm there. He's like, we've seen this like five times in like the month. I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> but uh, when he says, I want to get down on my knees, yeah, and start pleasing Jesus. I want to feel your love and hot salvation all over my face. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. <laughs> He's like, body of Christ, swimmer's body, all muscled up and toned, body of Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a body. I wish I could call it my own. <laughs> it's so funny. Man. So anyways, I'll get off of that because I already talked plenty of South Park. But yeah, I'll, I think I might work on a top ten list here soon. Of like your favorite South Park episodes of, of all time, or like the best ones ever. I, I'll I'll do my favorite because, yeah, I'll do my favorite okay. as opposed. To, there probably will be some overlap just because I have good taste. <laughs> but, yeah. um, I've also been. I went back and watched uh, Super Friends has been on HBO Max. Really? Yeah. Like Meanwhile the, at the Hall of Justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah dude. The Legend of the Super Friends. Yeah, I put it on season one. Do not recommend doing that. Actually, no, I do recommend doing that. Okay. So there's Is it so good or Oh, like... it's dog shit. There's a, there's a reason. I'm gonna say some characters. Obviously they're not in the tier of Aquaman, Wonder Woman, stuff like that, but in season one they had a character Super Marvin? His name was Super Marv. And he ran around with his dog, Wonder Dog, and their, like, investigative friend, Wendy Harris. What? Yeah, in season one of Super Friends. I'm and sorry. And then they, they canned it. What? Yeah, who, exactly. Who were these people? Super Marv. I, he was a groovy 70s kid. Like, Was he, like, a friend of Zan and Jace? Because I remember them. Yeah, I remember the, them. Remember the Wonder Twins? Remember them? Yeah, I remember them. One of them was always water, and the other one was always, like, a green animal. Yeah, that's hilarious that he could only turn it into inanimate objects, but... <laughs> Yeah, I went back and watched like four episodes of season one. It does not hold up. Those are bad cartoons. Super Marv? Super Marv. Wendy Harris and Wonder Dog. I, okay. N- none of those are, are ringing the bell. You know what? Go ahead right now. We're going to look it up. I know who... I see who... I see it. I see what you're saying. Still have no memory exactly. of who the fuck that is. Exactly. I remember seeing it on... I was like, is this the right one? Are they... Is there another title for this? Because I thought it was just Super Friends. No, it's it's dog shit is what it is. Yeah, season one's rough, man. But uh, I probably will try to power through to get to season two, but not likely. It kind of turned me off. But I did enjoy those cartoons as a kid because the cartoons. And well, yeah. Also, it led into the Wacky Races, which the Wacky Races is some of the pinnacle of cartoondom. Oh, you're like, talking about... This was the first multiversal oh, incursion. Oh, Wacky Races is incredible. Magilla Gorilla going up against Yogi Bear, going up against Snidely Whiplash, going against Penelope Pitstop, oh, going dude. up against Deputy Dog, going up against... Uh, what was it? Batman. Uh, oh, yeah. Quick Draw McGraw. Dude, I, South Park actually did a joke on that where Timmy started a uh, an Uber service. Uh-uh. And in order to get business, they were going to do a Wacky Races. And all the adults in South Park like went and bought sewer. Look, the Wacky Races are on this Saturday. <laughs> and so the South Park just did an episode of Wacky Races, which the fact that every adult in South Park was just sitting around eating cereal, watching the televised <laughs> Wacky Races, 
it was just fucking great. So, anyways, yeah, Super Friends season one is rough though, man. Super Marv, I'm glad they cut you. Apparently, he was written in and then written right the fuck back out. Good. And then they wrote in the Wonder Twins sometime later. I want to see the episode where they kill off Super Marv. <laughs> Tie him to a chair. Just the blood Joker blood. just beats him to death with a crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> He's got Cheetah behind him with a fucking Garrett just yeah. cutting his throat. Oh, man. <laughs> they leave Wonder Dog's head yeah. in the fucking bed. <laughs> Make Wendy Harris watch. Oh, that got <laughs> Well, that got dark on the next episode of What's Been Watching. They sell Wendy Harris into sex slavery. <laughs> She's in Thailand turning tricks. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard they wrote that episode, but uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers wouldn't greenlight it. <laughs> Anyways. Last time on, Last the time. Warner, yeah. on the Super Friends. No, they just roll over it. Like, season two, and they just don't mention it. But. Anyways, the other thing I've been doing on the... On the subsection of uh, what you've been watching, the what you've been playing, I've been Dragon Quest aiding it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Getting really, all those slimes. Yeah, liquid metal slimes, man. They are a... Anybody that knows what game I'm talking about, dude, it is a really good JRPG. By JRPG, you mean a menu system, turn-based. Right. There's your definition for those. Select that attack, then you yeah. wait your turn. Yeah, it's, well, it's a, yeah, it's a turn-based thing with a menu system, ultimately. Um, really good Dragon Quest game, but man, the grind is just like what they call grinding in games is just like, ah, you just level up a bunch or you Mm -hmm. go farm for items or something like that. Farm for like particular things that you need to upgrade, whatever. It's kind of a slog and I'm at the point now where they have these things called liquid metal slimes and they give you 30,000 experience for killing one of them. There's a place you can go where they populate a lot, but like they flee from you constantly. So you'll fight three in a row and of those three... Like, one will run away. Or, like, two of them will run away every time. So, you never even a chance to. And then the attacks that you can hit them with are, like, a dice roll. So, it's like you got, like, a 50-50 chance of even killing them in the first place. Right, right. So, I was like, all right, fuck it. Run around again. So, it's, like, <laughs> it's been a little bit taxing, but uh, I'm going to crush that game in a little bit. Kind of, if you spend the time doing it, the problem is it makes the game crazy easy. But... I'm ready to just roll this fucking thing. <laughs> I'm trying to roll in like, yeah, just, like a League of Nations, son. Yeah, 40 nations, 40 ready, to nations roll, ready to roll, son. Stankonia said they'd be willing to drop bombs over Baghdad. <laughs> so now that we're talking Chappelle, again, it's like uh, it's like Dewey Caucus. You bring it up, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> so when they did that Black Bush sketch, uh, apparently it was like the last day of shooting and they had been doing it for months and it got to be like 4 and 5 in the morning because mm-hmm. they were doing that. So there's a deleted scene in the DVD where it's just Chappelle up on the, the podium and people are just yelling stuff out to him. I'm like, oh, say this, say that. And he came up with the, the Stankoni is willing to drop bombs over Baghdad. <laughs> and eventually he just starts making noises. And that's why in the actual show you hear him go, Riggity Row is coming. <laughs> and there's like a three or four minute bit of him just saying fake words and fake nations. It's really fucking funny because you can just see how exhausted everyone is on set. And he's just like, bloopity blap is coming. Like the creative juices. And then it'll just like find some well reserve of creativity and be like, Africa Bambata in the Zulu Nation. (laughs) Shaka Khan is willing to donate 50 tanks. It's it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway. I love that. That's, that's, That's the ebb and flow of creativity though is like it's... You know, desert, 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 and then an oasis. Yeah, Yeah, and then you just got to drink from the oasis for as much as possible, and then desert, 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 desert. So, yeah, that was a Chappelle reference for y'all, and that's what we're talking about. Um, We did see a movie 
that. Oh, wait, before I get on that one, the other thing, a quick other subsection is what you've been reading. Don't worry, it has pictures. I can talk about <laughs> it. Uh, we've mentioned our love for the Power Rangers, and um, I actually, we've talked about this before, and there's a trailer we've mentioned, but uh, the Shattered Grid Power Rangers uh, has came from a comic book from, Doom, yeah, from yeah. Boom Studios. This is the one where uh, Tommy Oliver basically wages war against all of the Power yeah. Rangers ever. Yeah, Lord Draken. And, yeah, um, yeah, he's the green and white ranger. It's fucking gangster, and uh, he he wages war on the the multiversal, and like he has to kill one. Well, Spoiler, it doesn't. T- yeah, he has to kill one ranger because he thought, he, oh, I had to, I'm just going to kill all the rangers. But apparently, if he can just kill one ranger from each of the sects, like the Time Force, the uh, Turbo Racers, the whatever, like right, right. Space can, Force, the, he can the crash guys. the grid and be like, no more rangers. Like, right. so all he has to do is just get one from each. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and so he. No one is safe, let's just say, and he, okay. he brings it to them. So it's mostly the your your protagonist, your your heroes of this on the back foot the whole time. So okay, it's pretty good. It's pretty good so far. All um, right, all right. But yeah, I would recommend reading it. Um, what do you give it? I would give it. Ooh, that's a tough one. Ooh man, I'm, this might be the weightiest because I haven't finished yet. Right now, I will give it. Yeah, just based on issue one, I will give it. The flute that you summon the dragon sword with, Ooh. but you don't know what song to play. Ooh, okay, okay. And also, it's like weird. you're trying to figure it out. Like yeah, you're like... but you got the but you have the flute, right, so right. you got some like, something how did that of value. Song go again? You got something of value, and you're like, hmm. But yeah. Also, it's always really impressive the fact that he can play the flute with his mouthpiece over right, the entire right. the entirety of the. Uh, right. And the it sounds like a trumpet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty badass. <laughs> Um, well, we are going to dive into a movie that we both saw, actually, together. We had a rare What You've Been right. Watching in the Field doing research. Field research, son. Went to the movie theater. In the field. <laughs> um, we saw uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. So what'd you think, dude? Uh, we, we actually have spared... Really talking about it to each other, we can't help ourselves, so we always dip our toe in the water with each other. But uh, we never really—that sounded worse than I meant it to be. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, we kind of tease each other with our thoughts on it, but we actually really haven't gotten into it. So um, let's take a break real quick. Um, what is our sponsor? Uh, our sponsor this week is Movie Theater Snacks. That Snickers bar you want literally makes or breaks this theater. <laughs> we'll be right back. And we are back from our sponsor, Movie Theater Snacks. Movie Theater Snacks. Buy overpriced popcorn and then you go put the butter on it, yo. Goddamn self. <laughs> There's your Boondocker reference. There, yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, we uh, actually snuck some snacks into this one. But don't tell nobody. Uh, no, we bought some. I bought a soda. You yeah, I, I, okay. I try I mean, to support. I know I snuck my snacks in. <laughs> my little, my little sippy sip, little you know. sippy snack. Yeah, <laughs> which I was so proud of you for that. It brought me back to the good old days of me getting hammered in a movie theater. Oh, if you think I'm not bringing in a drink, bro, yeah. you are not paying attention. <laughs> think this is? Come on, this is what I do. I drink and I watch shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a relatively empty movie theater one time, and I usually buy plastic flasks uh-huh. or I pour them into something. But I was very um, already inebriated, mm-hmm. and I brought glass in. Oh, no. Well, I've broken one, just and I was like, just get it. And there was one that was a pretty sturdy bottle, and it had some momentum, and it tink, and then rolled, and then tink, and then rolled, and tink. Down the, down the stairs. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> it's pretty embarrassing. And given there's only like three, four groups of people in there and how many it was rolling down, it was like 100% me. <laughs> to go interrupted, go dig underneath the seat about six rows down to get it. <laughs> and walk back to my chair like nothing happened. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that was my quantum mania. So, what uh, what did you think about quantum mania? Because I got I got a couple things um, I would definitely I like say, to talk about. I, I know this has been said before, so I'll just go ahead and get it out of the way. Uh, you probably read a, a, a couple of other reviews online. It is the most like the Disney Star Wars of any of the Marvel movies. It's I, it's I, a I, not only that I think it's a better Star Wars short of Mandalorian. Than some of the Star Wars movies sure, that have come sure. out recently. I, I personally, think, I think, I think, I think I said it to you when we walked out of the theater that I know that this takes place in the quantum realm, but you could have told me that this takes place on a far planet on a in a galaxy far, far away, and I would have just as easily bought it. Like to me, there was no real essence of what it means to be in a quantum realm, other than like it's just like it's a different planet. Um, I, I kind of wish that they had explored a little bit of that, especially when you break down the science of quantum physics, like particles don't, don't react the way that you expect them to, you know, you know, electrons zip in and out of existence. And the only way that we can ever record them is if we actually look for them, all these different things. And they, they don't really explore any of that. It just looks like an alien world. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And they also... It's kind of like a less is more approach that they're trying to take, but they don't really execute it. They just have to go, oh, well, it's it's just strange down here. Time and space mean nothing, and it's between worlds, and it's also a microversion, but sure. it's also everywhere. All but, like, but they don't really give examples of that. Like, I yeah. would have loved had, like, like almost Alice in Wonderland. Like, you know, they, they have the scene of them walking across the landscape from left to right, and then as soon as they get off screen right, they come right back on screen from the left-hand side. Like, well, how did this happen? Right. Oh, well, physics reacts differently here. Or, or you know, one of them's walking on the ceiling and one of them's walking on the floor and they're having a conversation in this, like, M.C. Escher staircase kind of thing. Or, or yeah, just, just things like that. And there, I would have loved to have seen, you know, ships that zip in and out of reality or out of spatial time you know, and that's how they, they, they're propelled. It's not like an engine. It's that they zip in and out of, of reality or something like that. You know, like, like I'm with a, you. a little bit more of, of the, the exploring the science of the science fiction. You're, no, I got you. It's, I think I know what you're saying in the sense of like, you've already kind of scratched that. It, you're right. It could be space. Like, show me something special about the quantum yes. realm. I, yes. I got you. Yeah. Show me I, the properties that make this so different. Right. I got you. Right. And they did kind of miss the mark on that. There's a, visually i think there's a lot of really cool artwork and a lot of really cool like world Again, design in sure. terms of like oh that's a pretty creative yeah. thing to like look at and like they like, have the living houses that are also the rocket ships and they're also tanks and yeah kind of, they look like big giant like jellyfish mushroom kind of thing i don't know yeah, yeah and there's um like the motorcycles or like everything's kind of a somewhat organic feel to it like yeah yeah like, it has a biological feel to it i did like the fact in the sense of um only because we're talking about the world of the quantum realm like it seemed like there's a obviously the have and the have nots sure and kang introduced big spoiler alert kang's in the movie oh you've seen the trailer by the way we're gonna spoil the movie um just is what it is so if you have not seen it Press pause, come back to us. Um, we'll be we'll wait. Yep. That shit was awesome, right? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, but um, 
so Kang obviously brought his own technologies sure. and was, you know, so his is go- his city is going to look very different, but it seems like everybody else in the quantum realm almost has to forge a symbiotic relationship with the world itself. It's like the motorcycles look kind of like little amoebas, you yeah, know, and yeah. like you have to ride giant stingrays and like you have to almost forge like this symbiotic like use the terrain as it's living yeah, to very, help you. very avatar, very A little uh, bit, a little bit. So it I mean, I liked it. There were some very visually stunning things. Like that's just pretty cool. Like, but again, it you you could have made that in any other place. There wasn't anything insanely unique about like, oh, that's only in the quantum realm. Right, right. And Even that, that, then, that's that's one of my main gripes with the entire movie was I I felt like they again, like I said, it, you could have told me that this took, just took place on an alien world and it wouldn't have made a difference. Like there was nothing intrinsically special about them being in the quantum realm. Yeah, I, I got you. And I can understand as a writer why they wanted to stay away from that. I, I think they should have dove into it more. But there's also, like, there's so much going on there. They're talking about, like, we've only, I think what we did see only scratched the smallest bit of the surface. Sure. You know, they're like, this This happens to be one little, I mean, for all we know, the, the entire movie could have taken place in the space the size of New Jersey. Like, right. So this could just be one very small facet of it and. So I do get what you're saying, though. And they kind of hint at that of like, oh, it's beyond the proton clouds. And this is beyond this. So maybe that's kind of how I view it as like, this is just one very small, incredibly, like, this is just what this happens to be. So, But I get you, though. I, I feel yeah. your, your gripe on it. Or lack of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, lack of pizzazz, a lack of uniqueness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. The, I, yeah, there was just, there was nothing that made me stand up and go like, never seen that before. Yeah, I got you though. Um, it, I don't think it entirely detracted from the movie. But no, no, no. Again, I, I think it's a it's it's a really fun popcorn munching movie. You know, it's definitely got its own charm and its own wit. Um, I will say there's a little bit of of uh, tonal shifts. I've I've noticed there's an ongoing problem with the Ant Man movies tonally. The first one, I kind of give it a free pass because Edgar Wright was going to do one thing, and then they brought in Peyton Reed who. Like redid everything. Yeah, it kind of made it his own, which is cool. And then two was very much so like, hey, it's his own thing. He he started it. He helmed it from the word go. Mm-hmm. So there's no like lay like you know uh, the Venn diagrams don't uh, like interlap. Go ahead. Take the Venn two. diagrams don't. Um, what's the word I'm looking overlap? For? Overlap. Thank you. I was gonna say interact. <laughs> but I know not. Um, overlap at all. So that movie's a little tonally better, but even then, but three is also kind of a little bit. A little, little wonky. A little, a little bit. I, my main problem was every time Kang was on, he was so serious and so like stern and stoic and like very much a lot of the exposition of the movie was left up to him and Michelle Pfeiffer. Like those were the two people that were constantly explaining what was going on. Which makes sense given but the fact he, that... But he had the, the gravitas of being also being the villain and trying to drive the plot forward. Um but so he was so serious and then they would immediately like very next scene go to Paul Rudd being whimsy and comical and you know kind of over the top and it was just you it, it's like you went from third to fifth or or from fifth to third you know what I mean like, I gotcha um like we we were cruising at one speed and then the the very next cut the very next cut where uh like you downshifted into a totally different thing you know yeah, I gotcha. There is, is a little bit abrupt. I think every movie does that in terms of pacing. Uh, this one, their pacing is a little bit weird, but yeah. I, I can agree with that sentiment. I also like the fact that, like, and I'm going to a little bit contradict what we said earlier, but 
you can tell that they also have it in mind of silliness being at the forefront of Ant-Man movies. Oh, yeah. Like, they're not going to drown. And I think that's what a lot of people who are, like, maybe shitting on it online, which everyone has their own reasons to do it. It's whatever. Maybe critics are just bored of it, but it's fine. Whatever the reasons are. I think a lot of the negativity I've heard surrounding the movie is when it comes to the trailer, I think they were like, oh, shit, we finally found our footing, and it's going to be... Like we're go- we're serious mode again. We're gearing up for another you know Infinity War, and that's th- going to be this movie. And it's like, dude, it's an Ant Man movie. Like right. the Ant Man movies are very silly. Right. They just are. Right. This one happens to be on a bigger scale, you know, or a smaller or a scale. smaller scale. Um, <laughs> but like they're silly. You, it wouldn't be an Ant Man movie if they were doing it. If they wanted it to be an Avengers movie, it would have the moniker Avengers. Right. Fucking right. Quantumania. You know. But again, there are. They're trying to introduce Kang as the as the next big level threat, and as he's he's got to be this tyrannical monster, and he's you know just th- this evil genius. But in the same breath, you have you know dick jokes and I have holes jokes and and yeah, it's it's a tonally. I mean, I don't know what else I would do. They try to keep the silliness in, and they also have to you have to have reverence with Kang, for Kang in sure. the sense of he's gearing up to be the next big bad guy. So. It is what it is. That's all I mean, is that there, there's sort of an imbalance between how serious I'm supposed to take Kang and then also enjoy the movie as a comic, you know, a, a comedic campy romp. I I truly believe, and I'll, I'll kind of save this, I'll save this for my review, but like, I'll kind of tease a little bit of it now. I think if you take this movie at surface level, it is hard not to enjoy. Sure. It, it's really hard not to enjoy. If you just look at it like, oh shit, what's going to happen? Just kind of unwind. It's really like... Paul Rudd's going to be Paul Rudd. And I, the, the other part that really makes this movie, in my personal opinion, Michelle Pfeiffer is really good in it. Yes, she is. She's really good in it. Yes, she is. And John Majors, in my notes here, says, John Majors equals that dude. He is He's fucking awesome. ass off. He is so good in this. It's almost too good. It's like, you're in a silly Ant-Man movie. <laughs> like, but again, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's this, there's this weird dichotomy, this weird bifurcation of... of how serious I'm supposed to take Kang as a major villain, and then also like, but isn't Paul Rudd funny? <laughs> I get it, but I'll say this: when Paul Rudd, or when um, John Majors wants you to take him seriously, he can do it on the drop of two lines. Yes, you can tell everything was a very deliberate choice, and I think he does this not only with his acting, but with Kang, there's no wasted movements. No, it's it's like. There's he doesn't just move around. He's not like overly like uh, animated or anything like that. Everything is very like he takes the shortest past the things. Like, it's very measured. Yes, very very calculated, very measured, and it really goes through into John Major's performance. Like yeah. there's a point where he's like threatens to like I'll kill your daughter right now. Or do you think I'm a liar? And he just and he does this all with the flick of a wrist. Yeah. And it's uh, like, like like force powers. Or yeah, something. I'm not even like and he's just like whoop whoop like magnetize you whatever whatever. And so it's kind of dope. Like even then, like when they're they're small and he jumps up at him, he could have punched him, but he swats him with the finger. He's just like, I'm not exerting any more energy than I have to on you. Like right. I am Kang. He even says, you know, like so. There's also a point where he's the climax of the movie. He come, he descends from his tower on this like little uh, blue orb, and he just goes down and just lays waste to people. All the little rebellion that's yeah. coming on, and he's just mowing people down with this blue energy. And he does this funny thing where he shoots like three little like like repulsor balls. He's like, bam, like little energy balls. And he stomps his foot each time he does it. He's like, bah, bah, bah. And you can tell that like as the character, 
He's so fucking annoyed with these people at this point. He's like, I was going to leave. Right. You understand? Right. I was about to leave. Right, right. You can right. have all this shit. Why are you just like, you right, fucking right. moron? I had won. I was, I was on my way I was, out. I was out. All this city, everything, it's all you. Like, why are you even upright? Like, you're fucking dumb, you know? Like, I, I want nothing to do with this place. Peasants, now you've just annoyed me. Yeah. Now you've destroyed the castle you were about to inherit. Like, you you dumb dumb. Yeah. yeah. And so you can see some of the frustration. And, like, times he does yell. And he comes and has this badass monologue that immediately changes the tone. He's like, you think this is the first time I've done this? Do you know how many worlds I've conquered? Do you know how many right. uprisings how many timelines I've, I've yeah, eliminated, like, yeah. Or just uprisings in general. He's like, you think you're the first people to, like, oh, we don't like the the dictator. Like, I've laid waste to trillions, dude. Like, y'all are nothing. This right, this right. whole thing. Like, his performance is really good. Um, and, and I like, he. I did see in an interview, he said that he hasn't seen his performance yet. And there's a good reason why. He says that he never watched his, um, when he did Loki, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he never watched that performance as He Who Remains, which maybe that's the same person, Kang and He Who Remains. Maybe I don't know. Right. Um, he also at one point, spoiler alert, big one here. Uh, if you don't want, if you haven't seen the movie, big spoiler alert. The very end, there's the Council of Kangs, and each one of them has a different cadence and everything like that. And yeah, the other yeah, thing, a different look to him, a different yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it's Jonathan Majors all playing Kang throughout various multiverses throughout different timelines different periods in history in the same timeline uh so yeah he's he's a multi-dimensional time traveling conqueror and who lives his life in a big giant loop of time basically yeah and uh he he didn't want to watch any of those he also plays victor timely in the second stinger which sets up loki season two which is going to be great um, but he says that he didn't want to inform any of his performances on anything prior. Right. And so, do, will we find out if he who remains actually is Kang the Conqueror? I don't know. There's a lot of clues. But I like the fact that he did that. And you can see that he's taking the shit very seriously. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. like, yeah. Um, so, I, I really got to give John Majors props on that. I believe him. Um, so, one of the other things that I've heard that people don't like about this whole Kang the Conqueror thing is that they've said, oh, you wasted him. Like, oh, he, he, how was he supposed to be a threat to the entirety of the Avengers when he was defeated by Ant-Man and Co.? Spoilers. Just a, yeah, again, I've, I've said it three <laughs> times now. Um, he gets defeated by Ant-Man at the end, which I loved personally. Yeah. Because it was, uh, he gets, it's kind of graphic if, if it wasn't a, it could have gotten out of hand if it was a red Remember the movie. house at the end of Poltergeist, how it folded in on itself? Yeah. It's like that. Well, not just that, but he gets... <laughs> Almost pulled apart by ants, and yeah. they, they happen to be pulling apart his armor. But like, if this was a rated R movie, you could think about how horrific it would be to right. be pulled apart by ants. And it's not just like one or two; like it's thousands rushing. Literally, in. yeah, a trillion ants. Yeah, just yeah, fucking him up. Um, and everyone's like, "Oh man, they fucking wasted Kang for this and that and the third. And it's like, I loved that because for a lot of different reasons. Up to this point, all Paul Rudd had done. Is grow small, grow big, grow small, grow big, mm-hmm. grow small, grow big. And it's like, he's not size man. He's yeah. ant man. And like, Michael Douglas has this joke like, what? I like ants. And it's kind of his running gag. And so he saves the day via uh, time travel. Well, not time traveling. Time warped ants that have uh-huh. grown, you know, a million, have lived a million years in a day or thousands of years in a day due to the quantum realm, which... That was one of those things that was unique about it. We didn't get to see any of that. Right. right. We it's got a it's quick all glimpse. exposition dump. Yeah. So it, you, we know that it exists. So that's why earlier when you were saying, I wish you could have seen some of that. I, I get what right. you're saying. Right. 
they you know it's out there but yeah so they fuck Kang up with ants and I know that a lot of internet is mad because they're like oh they fucking Ant-Man beat him but how did you feel about that did you think it took away from his his dominating presence or no because a like a, a I, I think you're right. I think him getting beaten by time-displaced ants that have had an opportunity to build a million-year-old society in the span of a day, and they've developed their own technology and their own city and their own language and their own culture and, like, this whole thing. Yeah, why not? Like, it's just as silly as anything else that's happening at that moment, so why the fuck not, you know? Yeah. Um, and as far as them defeating Kang... Again, they didn't. We, yeah, the, you and I talked about this. The beauty about Kang is you never know which version you're going to get. It could be a multi-dimensional version, a time-displaced version. He's always going to be around. He's he's going to be the perennial enemy because just of the nature of the way his life works in terms of constantly traveling to different time periods, different you know nationalities, different dimensions, different realities. And conquering and setting, constantly coming back and informing himself and making every version of himself better. So, yeah, it doesn't matter that they defeated this version of Kane because we're going to get an even worse, more hardcore version of him next time. So who cares? That's the beauty. That that literally is the beauty of that villain. And he's also not defeated. They big spoiler alert here once again. They push him into another, they have a quantum reactor, and then they push him into that, and it sucks him in. So, it's like, he's not even dead, but... Right. He's just banished to an even smaller realm than the quantum Yeah, realm. who knows where he's at. He's still, he's displaced again. And so, um, the the final scene, though, where he did, Paul, he was about to escape the quantum realm. That's the whole point of the movie. He's like, I want out of here. And we'll talk about some of the motivations here, but um, he wants out of out of the quantum realm. And Paul Rudd stops to, to go fight him one-on-one, and he smashes his suit. So it's like Kang's suit is destroyed, and Paul Rudd's is destroyed. And Paul Rudd takes an ass with him, like a man. But his whole point is, like, I don't have, you hear it in the trailer, I don't have to win. We just both have to lose, you know. And so Paul Rudd takes a pretty good ass. He gets a couple good shots in, and you can even hear in Kang's performance, like, he's, he's trained in martial arts, right. you know, like... The whole point of Kang, he comes from so far in the future that like humanness, like needs and wants have been eliminated. He he mastered. Uh, if I'm pulling this off from a very re- recent comic book reference for those who want to know, it's called uh, No One Left to Conquer, and it really he's one of the most complicated characters up to this point in this single comic book. It's a limited run. Does a good job of kind of cleaning up and retconning some of all the loose ends of Kang, sure, and giving you at least a little bit more of a streamlined look at him. So for those interested in all things Kang, you can probably find it online. Uh, no one left to conquer. There's also a good one called Timeless. Check it out. That's, um, a, that's another another good one. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, so there's no needs or anything. Like, so he, he learned like astrophysics at like in eighth grade. Right. He like was a master biomechanics. Of the, yeah. He yeah, learned kung fu. At, like, yeah. knowledge was not the issue. So the whole point of him in at least the comics is he's like conflict creates more uh, better invention. It, right. it it becomes the necessity to to overcome the conflict. You right. know, necessity I think is the line, conflict creates innovation. Is what he something says. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so that's in the comics. That's what it is. And so you can tell that like when he fights Paul Rudd, he does all these like grunts, like <gasps> like martial arts grunts, and he's like, oh shit, this dude isn't playing. Right. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. I mean. 
Paul Rudd gets, you know, or Scott Lang, Ant-Man, yeah. gets, uh, gets, he gets whipped around like a rag doll, bro. It's pretty impressive. I'm, I mean, again, it, it, it does fall into the, into the, the sin of, you can tell that it's, it's highly choreographed and, and kind of choppy in the editing and stuff like that, but they do a good job of at least, uh, shows a progression of, of movement. So it, it's not so choppy that you're, you're disoriented or, or don't know, like, spatial relativity relativity or anything like that. No, they do you're, a good you're, job. You're very that. aware of, of where people are in the in the place that they're in and how they're moving. So. Yeah, no, it's not choppy at all. I mean it's not fucking John Wick levels or the no, Ray no, levels, no. but it, they do a good job. And it's brutal in the sense I, I've had the unfortunate uh, time of witnessing this in in real life uh, with somebody being on their hands and knees and they're facing down, you know, they're like they're, they're mounted up almost like a dog on their hands yeah. and knees and watching somebody get kicked in the face. Yeah. And they, he does that to, to Ant-Man and it's like, oh, you can't help but go, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As somebody, like I said, I, that sound that that yeah. made you, when I saw it in my life. If you've seen that in real life, you know that that is... Uh... Fucking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dick move, bro. Dick yeah, move. Yeah, it was oof. Yeah, so he does that to Paul Rudd. It's like, oh, he's getting his ass beat here. But yeah. okay, cool. Um so I, I really just, I brought all that up. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, John Majors, who apparently is a Yale graduate too. So Sweet. I, I don't think this dude would do anything that's not calculated. So I don't know, fucking kind of cool. So yeah, uh, we talked about John Majors' performance in Kang. Anything else you wanted to bring up there? Or uh, Can't wait to see him in the new Creed movie. Uh, oh, yeah, he looks dude. amazing in that. Uh, I've only seen the trailer. I still have yet to see Creed 2, but I might just skip it and go straight to Creed 3 because I think I get it. <laughs> you can pick it up. You can click yeah. it. I mean, it's still I, worth seeing. The action is still pretty good, and so is yeah. the drama, but yeah. Just so. bring back Clubber Lang. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah. Bring us Mr. T. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we talked about him not being Ant-Man, or not being Sizeman, but he's Ant-Man. Uh, we'll talk about another big character um, that we wanted to... I was personally super excited to see. Uh, Modok. I was thrilled to see this. I'm finally glad that we're getting to see Modok in a Marvel universe. Now the internet has shit all over Modok. I mean, whatever. Like, I, I think you and I talked about this when we saw it the first time. In in terms of Modok on the page is a very dynamic character. He's he's very distinct. You know, Jack Kirby creation. Jack right? Kirby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, basically a big giant head in a floating chair with little mini legs and stuff. But he, he's, he's a very dynamic and, and very uh, iconic character when you look at him on the page because you have that Jack Kirby magic. Yeah. I'm not sure how that translates into a three-dimensional like live-action version. So for what it was, I got no complaints because I always expected Modok to look a little hokey and, and a little bit goofy. But, yeah. But maybe so maybe just I didn't I wasn't disappointed because I had no expectations for him to look awesome. I mean, me too. I, I get character wise they kinda of butchered him a little bit from the comics, but I don't really yeah. care I don't care that much. Can't Modok has always always has been like the the bad guy before the guy. Right, you know, like he's right. never he, like, he's the mini boss. Right? Yeah, he and he and that's fine. That's what he works perfectly well as. But like in the comic books, he's always yelling about fascists and like you're fascist, and he calls Tony Stark that all the time. And like Tony Stark throws him into space, and yet he still comes back all the right. time. Like he's not like anybody that's dealt with Modok once has dealt with Modok a million times. Right, like, he, right. he's incredibly smart, and he's like you know psionic shit, whatever. But so I get like, does he 
does the way they wrote the character of Darren, the guy from Ant-Man 1. Yeah, Yellow Jacket. Yeah, Yellow Jacket comes back, and he's MODOK. Um, like, does that fit what I've read in the comic books? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not at all. It's a very wide pivot, so I understand if that aspect ups. I'll tell, you what. I'll tell you what. You tell me what MODOK's real name is from the comic books... I'll send you a dollar. Yeah, I don't even remember it. Exactly. I know it was so a scientist. So it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah it uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, I like, fucking care. Why wouldn't it be Darren from the first movie? Yeah. Of course, because at least then it's somebody you know, somebody you recognize. There's a little bit of like... Personal stake. Yeah. yeah. So I, I get if people are upset about that. Like, oh, it's not like the comics. But like, to me, I'll, be, I'll give you guys a, a hint. And Michael, we've talked about this a lot of times, but it's hard for me to shit on something and I know a lot of people do this and I, I think a lot of people have become spoiled and a lot of people just want Endgame and Infinity War over and over and over and over and over. One, spoiler, there were bad movies in the first three phases. Yeah. There, there just were. Sorry. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, uh, the second Thor was not that great yeah, of a movie. Dark World. It yeah. was not a great movie. There's Even, some hit or miss ones. Like, yeah. Even the second Ant-Man was a little bit off. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. You know. Second Ant-Man, Captain Marvel's mediocre. Like, Doctor Strange is be like they're not all like there's like three or four that are like unarguably it's like Thor Ragnarok Black Panther um, first Iron Man the first Iron Man and like Winter Soldier Winter Soldier it's yeah. like you can maybe throw in one of the Guardians or you know not not Avengers movies I'm saying like one of the Guardians maybe right but like right. other than that there was like 18 other movies and people were like ah they were cool <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah which is fine like yeah. I, again I'm not watching Marvel movies to be transported to a world of like pinnacle movie making and and if they get there cool uh, yeah yeah i I mean great but it's not what my expectation is that's fine like i i I go to see like let's see what new adventures tony stark gets into this time absolutely and so i guess some of some of it i think people have either become exhausted by it because you can just look at it objectively and go okay there's a certain formula to these movies right if that exhausts you i I get it it's We've had 28 of basically the same movie. In a I get it. Like, and I, I get it, sure. I, so I understand that. And also, I think some people have become spoiled. And they don't realize that when Michael and I were growing up, I had, on VHS, I we had old Superman cartoons. But in yep. terms of live action stuff, we got really lucky with DC Animated. But here nor there. Right. Uh, Batman the Animated Series is incredible. But um, we had like five movies growing up. And we had to wait a tremendous, what felt like in a lifetime between them. Oh, we yeah. had the first Superman. Yep. We had Batman 89. Yep. Returns was good, but like one was the answer. Sure. You know? Right. We waited forever, and then we got like Blade, which was even then like. Even kind of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles well, was the first one. Yeah, was... the first. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, that, okay. I did forget about that, but either way. Um, yeah, there's, there's time between this, you know, and it's like, and then we get what? Like there was nothing, and then it was like Blade, but even then that was like rated R sure. and kind of like not what quite we were trying to get at. My personal opinion, I was happy to see the X-Men, but I do not like the first X-Men movie. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. Like, I, I didn't like it the first time I saw it. It's not revisionist history. I appreciated its existence, but I was like, really? Like, X-Men 2 now, that was I pretty fuck dope, with. Right? And then we got Spider-Man, and that was fucking it. And that's like, what, five yeah, movies? Yeah, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, it's five movies over up until I was in high school that I had. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. I like, had like a, literally a handful of movies. Right. That was my entire high school career was oh, no, like. I've, I've always said. Hey, did you like, see Daredevil? I'm like, it had parts of it I like. I'm like, eh, but overall, yeah. like when he just floated up the church bells at the end, I'm like, oh, haven't done that all movie, and now he just floats up. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> like, use the baton you've been using all fucking movie. Like, <laughs> all right, whatever. But here nor there, and so I think people lose sight of that. 
And so like I also have a sense of like I give a lot of this shit a pass. Is that bias? Is it nostalgia? Is it the sense of wonderment that I some of you motherfuckers have just lost? Sure. sure. Not not you listeners, but you right, know right, right. the general populace. Yeah. yeah. Like I got to go see Kang the Conqueror and Modoc on the fucking big screen. Do you have any idea how I never thought that would happen? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The fact that we can sit around and argue about which Spider-Man was the best Spider-Man. Like, yeah, we've had 11 different versions of Spider-Man. But the fact that we get to argue about it today, or the fact that we can sit down and compare, like, well, actually, Jack Nicholson's Joker was better than Heath yeah. Ledger's Joker, but, and then there's always that one asshole, like, I like the Jared Leto! And we're like, sit down, shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> You're just what we call a contrarian. That's right. <laughs> right. So, but, but, the, um, but the fact that we can even have that discussion, the fact that we have all these different options, and like, yeah, overload me with, with comic book movies, because... I was starving as a kid. Now I get to feast? Yeah, let's do that. And they're I'm not going to be this way forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, enjoy I'm, it. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going to eat my fill. Yeah, let's do yep. it. Yeah. Yep. You can go back to gay cowboys eating pudding eat anytime you want. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, I think we both enjoyed it. We'll talk about it a couple where I thought they missed the mark. I know you had mentioned it um, with the world. The one thing I... Just given the trailer, and I know the trailer's not the movie, but... Um, the relationship that Scott has with Cassie. Mm-hmm. And I, this is where I do kind of understand. You feel like you were sold a bill of goods. Um, when you see the trailer, you're like, oh, that's going to be so epic. The one thing that Kang says in the trailer, he's like, I can offer you more time. And you're talking, you assume he's either saying this, uh, whether it be Janet Van Dyne, who is um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, right. who's been trapped in Michelle the quantum Pfeiffer's. realm for 30 years. Or it's Paul Rudd, who if you just look at it by the numbers... Like, got divorced from his wife, right. you know, doesn't see his daughter went that much, to jail. went to prison, yep. got out, like, did some things, and then went back to prison again, and then was in the quantum realm for, what, five years? Yeah, during the entire period. Yeah, yeah, missed his daughter's, like, missed the, his daughter's, like, growing up, pretty yeah. much, entirety. And so, when you hear, like, oh, I can give you more time, like, I would think that the stakes would have been, like, if you repair my universal engine that can get me the fuck out of here, I can put you... Wherever in time you want to go back, it can be the second you zoom into that quantum realm, guess what? You come right back out. Right. And it's just or, you. And you go live your life with your daughter and you raise her. Or the second right. or go daring change the change, Go change the, the timeline to where you never go to jail in the first place. So Yeah. So you can, yeah. And you still have your Ant-Man. Like, I can do whatever you want. Right. And it's not that. It's ultimately, you work for me or I kill your daughter. Yeah. And the fact that, like, Cassie, and I, I get the fact that they've worked really hard. The only reason I'm not like infuriated by it is because they have actually laid the groundwork for how the relationship works. Sure. All throughout Ant Man One, all throughout Ant Man Two, like his daughter loves fucking uh, Scott Lang. She's yeah. like he, he can he was a superhero long before. Right. Every time they open the door, Daddy. Like so, right. So right. even before he put on the suit. Yeah. yeah that was, was really well put. Yeah. Yeah. So. I would be infuriated by it if they didn't lay that groundwork so well. But, like, she's a teenager now, and she would be somewhat resentful. The fact that they're just always... They butt heads a, a very, like, minimal amount in sure. this movie. Like, very... Cassie and um his daughter Cassie and uh, Scott Lang do, Paul Rudd's character. But, like, the fact that they're just cool, and it's just like, nope. It's, it's, that's I feel like they missed the mark on that. Where in Tank, terms of... Tank, Kang could be a time broker, and he has this whole monologue about, like... Time is just a prison, and once you break out of it, you see how small right. it really is. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and he's like, I, I could... And ultimately, he should have, in my opinion, to make it to have more stakes, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but, like, he should have, like, I'm a time broker. I can sell you exactly what it is. 
and the cost is me getting out of here. Right. And at as, one point as in the movie, to just I'm going to kidnap Cassie, and now it's just like your standard damsel in distress kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. They 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 never really explored um, his power as far as that goes, and sort of like he needs Scott's help to get out. But here's what I'm going to grant you in return is like, if you help me achieve my God power, then essentially God oh, owes you a favor. So, right. and I thought they also missed the mark. And that was the initial conflict that, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's character had is like, Oh, I've seen what he does to people. Mm-hmm. And so they also missed the mark in my opinion. And so let's say that she's on this side of like, you cannot let this guy out of here. Mm-hmm. And then Scott's like, dude, that's all I've ever wanted was to was to be this. It was to be present in my daughter's life. Right. And the fact that those two don't even clash heads over it, like within 10 minutes, they're just like, there's never a confrontation. They separate them, so they're never really together. But I think for that's like, kind of the problem. But for yeah. like the two minutes that they are together, and there's He this, immediately comes like, yeah, fuck Kang. Yeah, right? fuck Kang. And it's like, wait a second. like, yeah. And they and, kind of shoehorn in like, Kang made a, a deal with Scott, and then he just betrays it automatically. And yeah. It doesn't really fit the character because he always talks about like he's a man of his word. Right. Because he literally said that earlier. Like, you don't think I'll kill her? Do you think I'm a liar? And then he just ends up lying. And it's like... Right, right. All your... All Which, oh no, the bad guy lied. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But, but also like... There has to be some sort of... Some sort of, of, of consistency in terms of like if Kang says he's going to do a thing... He does the thing, regardless. And right. Otherwise, it just turns into like, well, we just needed him to be just a little bit more evil. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it, that was really where I kind of felt that it missed the mark. And you can't do that and keep the name of, in my opinion, where it comes to conflict is, is you can't do that and keep the, the name. What The reason why people go to Ant-Man movies is a certain tone. Right. You can't explore those themes and be like, also, it would have been even more tonally all over the fucking map. Right. Personally. Right. Like, but again, it... it and it, I think... just I'm so, I'm so sorry. I think the, the writer Jeff Loveness, who used to work on Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. I think, given everything that was going on, I think he did a pretty good job. It is definitely... You can feel the Rick and Morty influence in terms of, you know, crazy characters and, and very alien-looking worlds and stuff like that. But I agree. I think, I think in terms of exploring the character's motivations and sort of the the reason de terre, you know, like the, the why they're doing what they're doing. They kind of scratch the surface, but they never really dig deep into it. But again, I, I also do agree that it would already make a, a, a totally all-over-the-place movie even more all-over-the-place. So I, I don't know how you how you fix that other than to say, like, I probably would not have used such a serious Kang version in this version of a movie. Like, maybe he could have been the weird outcast, the the brilliant mad scientist, you know, like almost like a crazy, like Dr. Frankenstein kind of level kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know how you fix that other than just to be like script rewrite you know yeah and that's the thing is is if kevin feige says we need the movie to be x like you kind of have to play ball and like again i wanted to give jeff loveness like i said who's, who's done brilliant work on rick and morty but like i don't want to just shit on everything he's doing you know I, I do think given everything that was going on and given the task at hand it was more than serviceably done sure it's yeah, just yeah. like i don't i don't know how i would resolve it any better i can nitpick because i'm i'm you know playing monday morning quarterback here but like do I have a suggestion as to how to keep the Ant-Man tone and do this? And 
the only the only suggestion I have is, well, yeah, don't call it an Ant Man movie, right? But right. since we're doing that, like, I get why you the the pickle you're in. Right. So it was, I get it. So I mean, outside of that, you know, um, some just glaring plot. The, the only really plot holes that come from it are pretty much in the characters' motivations, like we just talked. Like, yeah, they're just like he's like, oh, you do this, and I won't kill Cassie, and he goes and steals the orb or whatever, and he's like, hey, I got your orb, and he's like. I'm not gonna give you Cassie. Bye. And he's like, "What?" Like again, yeah, like, for, for for no reason other than he like, goes, it, "We got to extend the movie by another 20 minutes and build to a final battle scene," like, which is a good final battle scene. Oh, it's great! It's great. But again, why? Like, why? Why would Kang do that? What was what was his motivation for? Like, now is gonna be the time when I really turn it on Scott Lang. Other than just like, well, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, and he literally. I think the line of dialogue is. Uh, She'll be fine without you. And then he magnetizes the, the core engine to himself. And that's it. Yeah. Like, that's all you get. And you're like, oh. There was no explanation as to why. But I will say this, back to John Majors. Like, I'm kind of also, again, with this being his main introduction, you can't put all the cards on the table yet if he's going to continue to be sure, the big bad. Sure, sure. Because he said a line in the movie about, he's like, they exiled me. And he says, and I will burn them out of time, which is gangster shit to say, (laughs) knowing that you have the ability to do that. Yeah. And he doesn't. And that's the other reason why I didn't mind that he was defeated by Ant-Man. It's like, you're taking away the one thing that Kang has, which is mastery of time. Like, he can go back and be like, oh, yeah, you didn't kill me. Like, I already already did that and rectified it. You know what I mean? Like, so. He's not at full power. So, it's like, he got pulled apart by Superman. It's fine. (laughs) So, um. Again, I, I don't want to nitpick too much. I actually really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, um, I did too. I, I did too. Like I said, I, I think one of the main problems is you start picking... The second you start pulling any of the threads on this, it leaves a lot of bare spots. Um, what little bare spot? Uh, <laughs> that was Michael. For those that don't know, that was Michael's voice for his dog that he does. <laughs> and don't act like you don't do a voice for your dog. You do. You do. But... Uh, but yeah, again, as long as as long as you take it at surface value and just enjoy it without questioning the why too much, it's fun. I, I think it leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of really exploring what the world has to offer and sort of what the character motivation has to offer. But again, I'm not sure how you do that without completely rewriting the script from the ground up in terms of completely changing the tone of the movie so yeah it, it it sort of suffers under its own weight of trying to be the whimsical fun ant-man movie and also trying to tackle the seriousness and the gravity of introducing the next big bad that's going to carry the marvel cinematic universe for the next you know six or seven movies i think it's kind of of this phase, I think it's the Iron Man two of it all, where it's like like it's not a bad movie by any means, but you're like, ooh, you kind of shotgun blast a lot of seeds yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Like we'll see how these seeds spray out later, which, you know, it's like oh, so it kind of suffers under its. It's such a stupid line to say. It suffers under the weight of its own necessity. Yes, which is what I've said before on this podcast in describing something, but it, I don't know, fucking, it's a good line. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. So I will give it. A Mo Dog, Ooh. which is a really deep comic That's book deep reference, wow, okay. <laughs> an even deeper comic. Right. Yes, there's a Mo Dog, and the, the G stands for genocide. So it's your Kmart version of Modoc. <laughs> so I'll give it a Mo Dog, though. I like it. I like it. 
Uh, I'm going to give it... Uh, quantum something. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to give it, uh, I don't know, 12 pimp. No, I already did 12. Let me do... I'll give it nine and a half pin particles. That's a respectable score. It's higher than I thought it was going to be. I thought yeah. you were going to C minus it. Well, I mean, how much is a pin particle? Depends on which one, you know. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I got you, though. I'm with you. Um, well, cool, man. Um, I think that might be it for, for this uh, rendition have, of uh, have, Quantumanias. We have talked this one down, sir. I think we're good. Yeah, I think we've... Brought uh, this big old bird down for yeah, a landing. Yeah, we tried to. Uh, let us know what you think, though. Uh, seriously, please, we really do appreciate it. Um, reach us. Reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, you know where to find us. Uh, we will always try our best. I check the notifications every day. Um Write us an email, what you've been watching podcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. Uh, anything else you want to tell the fine people out there? Uh, I think it's time for me to get into my Cavathier. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> well, for uh, till next time, I suggest that my name is MD3. Uh, I am the marvelous Mike Dudley. In the meantime, I would recommend that you go watch a movie. And talk about it with somebody that, uh, that you love. Ants.